Hey everybody, we're back! Hey there! Today is our part two about our transatlantic trip, which, because, hey, it was 12 days, we've got to do a series. Right, and then uh, I think we started, part one was just talking about our kind of uh, before cruise uh, excursion we did, going to uh, Disneyland Paris, and uh, some of the, the highlights we had from that. And now we're going to talk about just all the excursions that we went on uh, with the transit, the westbound transatlantic, uh, and uh, just talk about the excursions with this with this uh, episode. So as uh, we talked about, we chose to do Disneyland Paris first. Uh, Disneyland Paris was an option um, for an excursion, but we chose not to take it. We wanted to spend more time there. So uh, so we'll catch up from starting when we left Disneyland Paris. Uh, we left the day before our cruise. So our cruise left on a sun Sunday, Sunday, yeah. So we were started traveling that Saturday. Uh I guess it was like mid midday because we, we had a park ticket at Disneyland and we wanted to try to get as much out of it as we, we looked in uh in Dover, which is where we were starting our, our uh or the boarding where yep. we were boarding the, the cruise ship. We looked at Dover and we didn't really see a lot of things that really jumped out of us as something we want to do. Plus, you know, trying to jam it in into like an afternoon. So we decided we'd just maximize our Disneyland park experience and then leave the park. Uh, I think we left it around noontime or so uh, to start heading up towards Dover uh, to spend the night in Dover uh, to embark on the ship then the next morning. And we had our bags checked, so we just picked them up where we right. picked them up before at the train station and were able to board the train right across the yeah. street from Disneyland Yeah, it worked great because then we didn't have to mess with our luggage. We just turned it in at the bell check at the hotel there on property. And then we went off to uh, off to uh, the park. And then when we were done at the park, strode up to the train station. Our luggage was waiting there for us, so it was great. It was great. So then we hopped aboard a train. Yeah, so then, uh, but uh, we, I looked, I did a lot of research to find, find out the best way to get to Dover from, you know, the outskirts from Disneyland and, and Paris. And uh, really the only options that I found was taking a train up and then taking the, you know, through the, the channel underneath uh, the, uh, the, uh, the sea there into, into England, or you could drive, rent a car and drive up. And then there's a shuttle that you could get onto a, uh, drive your car onto like a car ferry and then go across the strait. So there was, there were, not only were we battling a rail strike and coming off of COVID with limited trail or train mm -hmm. um, uh, options, then we had everyone headed to London while we were trying to get out of France to go back to, to England. So we had a little mismatch of a lot of things that kind of um, occurred on our tour regarding the Queen and we'll kind of talk about that as we get through it. So we were able to board, you know, right there at Disneyland on the, uh, they got the, the, the train station right there. You got on a bullet train, a TGV train. Um, but it, by the, in the end of things, it probably took us a good seven hours, eight hours of total trans, uh, uh, transit time. And it was a relaxing eight hours because we yeah. were not hustling. Um, we were easy. in train stations. It was transferring from one platform to another. So it wasn't like we were having them you know, rent a car or anything right. like that. We weren't hustling. Our goal was to make sure we arrived the night before our cruise departed. Mm -hmm. um, we So when we got to St. Pancras, we got on the local train, and man, there were some drunk people on that train. Yeah. Oh my gosh, they, this lady passed out. She had children. It was a whole thing, and we went rode with them all the way to the end of the line in Dover. Now, just the evening in Dover, and we... Uh, uh, we had already pre-booked a hotel right near the port. Probably the travel only lodge. Like, yeah, it was a travel lodge. It was probably only a five-minute drive from there to get to the uh, the port to get on the boat. 
So uh, uh, we were in pretty late, so we really didn't have any excursions, honestly, in Dover. I just went and checked out the local pub that, that evening. Uh, White Dog. White Dog. That was White Dog. Uh, just nearby, had a couple of drinks, and then, you know, came back, went went to bed. So, And then we, we actually uh, talked with the hotel, and they had uh, said there was transportation, some private cars that were going to be shuttling people because other people were staying at the travel lodge, going, uh, embarking on the same trips. It's like a cab stand. Yeah, they, right. they knew that there was going to be a lot of people going to the port and they took care of you. And when, um, in that morning, we uh, ran across the street and got breakfast from a little place that kind of reminded me of Tim Hortons. Right. Um, and we hopped in a cab with Linda, mm -hmm. our good friend Linda. We met there and saw her the whole cruise. Love her. And then we got right to the port. Now, I will tell you the difficulty that we could have had um, was about our luggage tags. So we did not get our luggage tags before we left the country. When we flew out of the United States to go to France, our Disney cruise luggage tags had not arrived. Have no fear. They will give you luggage tags when you get there. It's not a big deal. So if you leave that at home, they are prepared for that. And we had no issues dropping off our luggage at, at check-in or getting our luggage up on the ship. One tip, uh, do not, do not delete the navigator app from your phone All right. when you go into another country where you don't have cell service. Um, I was mistaken, jet lag, tired, I don't know what, for some reason, I got on the ship, I was trying to, to connect the navigator app, and I deleted it. Well, unfortunately, I didn't have access to get Wi-Fi or anything else while I was on the ship because I didn't have the plan, and it was a, I cried, there was a whole, it was a whole thing. It turned out to be much more dramatic than it needed to be because I was so tired. But make sure you get that app downloaded before you leave the house just to have it so that you can take care of it when you get on board. Yeah, it might it takes you but yeah, don't delete the app at all and you'll and the people, the the, the staff on the ships will do They're everything so to help you out to, to get you linked up with the with their app and get on their Wi Fi on the ship. So now we're gonna discuss all the ports that we went to. Okay. We'll uh, let you also know Brian's favorite one will be coming up, his his most favorite. Uh, we our very first stop was, and I'm gonna butcher these names, La Harve. Mm -hmm. Over in France. Right. Over in France. So we got on the boat in Dover, and then the next day we arrived back in France. Right, yeah, yeah. This is where you could have taken the Disneyland Paris excursion. This was the closest stop to Paris. Right. They had excursions that went to Paris and Disneyland and all that, but we chose to go to Normandy. And I think it was probably an hour and a half or two hour bus trip from the port to get back into Disneyland. Um, but just, you know, keep that in mind that you have probably a two hour trip on both ends to get to Disneyland. So you're only going to probably have a half day, maybe, you know, three quarters of the day at best to, to really, you know, you know, visit the park. My advice is I wouldn't do it right. for the price that they're going to charge you um, to go through Disney to get it taken care of um, and all the travel. I would say, I think we did it the right way and we would do it that way again. Right. But we had a great, we did go through Disney. We booked the D-Day landing adults only tour because it was just the two of us that were on the ship. Um, also, we did travel with our friends, Michelle, Chris, and Nathan, but we uh, took the adults only trip. Yeah, and uh, it was, I think they had almost, they have a, a large size motor coach, like an over the road motor coach. So this isn't like a school bus or anything. Mm -hmm. This is actually very comfortable. a very comfortable motor coach. Uh, and they actually had five of them in total with our group, you know, for the adults only side. So, yeah, we we loaded up on the uh, on the motor coaches and headed out. And I believe we had in total five stops that we stopped at 
within this this whole day long excursion. I think in in total, was, we were gone for almost nine hours, eight nine hours. I think in total. So uh, yeah, so the first where was the first stop? It was um, we went to the museum. Yeah, we went to the museum. So we got right? to drive through Normandy, which I thought was amazing. It was just all these little small little gated. Uh, kind of walled off little communities. I'd never really been in France. Brian says we can't move there because they don't have shoulders on their roads. But it was a very little, it was very beautiful there. Yeah, and uh, it was amazing how these bus drivers could drive through these streets because they're not very wide. We're taking up the entire lane, uh, you know, of our 11 foot lane that we had. He was using every bit of it. Um, but they got through without any problem and got us to, to the museum. We offloaded and uh, you got to see a little photo or a little video, an old uh, black and white, you know, kind of presentation of what that that port there was used for, and we got to kind of walk around the beach a little bit there, and um, and then uh, I guess that was where we ended up having lunch. They had they scheduled to have a lunch. I yes. Believe, didn't they? So lunch was included with the tour, right. and all of us they had basically booked out the Normandy Inn for lunch, and. All of the five buses were all there. It was almost 90, 90 people. I think, it was a lot so, of people. Yeah. And they, the restaurant did a great job of serving everyone. They served us wine. They served us three, you got a three courses. It was a three course, yeah. yeah. And you, all, you had wine, basically, at every course. Um, and it was really, you know, it came out, you know, faster than you would have thought it would have. For 90 people. Yeah. Right. And what it was interesting, uh, that was also the day of the Queen's funeral. And so while we were dining, the Queen's funeral was playing on the um, on the television. And I remember thinking to myself, I don't know who's talking, but I wish I had subtitles. And then I realized I'm in France. I would not realize I could not read the yeah, subtitles. The subtitles so I just anyway. made it up as I went along. Yeah. Um, and then after we went there, we went up to the American Cemetery and Memorial. And that was just breathtaking that was uh, that was amazing yeah you know very solemn you know we just kind of walked so slow we had a great you have a basically a tour guide with each is assigned to each bus um so even though there are five coaches we just kind of you know we were all together at lunch but then after that we just stayed with our with each bus and we had a, an older gentleman that was a kind of a world war ii um buff that, you know, helped us walk us through and he, you know, explained certain parts of the cemetery, but then also let us kind of walk, you know, just wherever we wanted to, you know, just kind of taking the solemnness of, of the cemetery. It was really amazing because it's on top of Omaha Beach and, you know, everyone's seen World War II movies and, and, and seen reenactions of, of what these brave souls did. But to be there and to stand there and think these guys ran out of the water and climbed, tried to climb all the way up here to get to where we were standing. That was just, it was breathtaking. And it was just, it was one of the most solemn places I've ever been. Um, and I, as an American citizen, I was very appreciative of the, of, of that service, more appreciative than I had ever been before. Um, so I would highly recommend anyone to, to go to that excursion. Right. It was very, very quiet. You know, there's not any development anywhere really around there. And the, there's nothing on the beach. It's just a, you know, a void beach. So, and everybody at the cemetery is just very solemn too. So you could just, even though there's, you know, maybe a thousand people walking the grounds in the cemetery, you could hear the birds chirping, you know, because yeah. it was just, you know, so, so, so quiet. Then we also got to go to Point de Hawk, which is the highest point between Omaha Beach and Utah Beach. Um, we also got to go down, um, on the beaches and, and look around. Um, and we, we took some pictures and those are on our Instagram. Um, if you want to check those out, 
So that was, uh, after that, we got back in the bus and fell asleep and uh, headed back to the bus or headed back to the ship. Yeah, back to the ship. And, you know, we were gone, I think, uh, like I said, eight, eight hours, I think, in total. Um, but it wasn't an overly, uh, an, uh, over amount of walking or anything like that. No. Um, it was just kind of constant, um, but there were some long, um, uh, like some 30 minute bus rides in between. Right. It was so only probably it like 30 minute bus rides. You it know, wasn't and, hefty by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I again would recommend doing it through Disney because you want to make sure that you get back to the port, um, in time for call. Yeah, I would definitely, because you, you'd be traveling away so far from the ship that if you had any issues with an outside company, you could run the risk of not being back in time for you know the boat pushing pushing away from the dock, and you you know basically miss out on most of your cruise. So the next stop was supposed to be Plymouth. We were supposed to go to Plymouth, Plymouth. you know, which is I guess you know the furthest you know southern western point uh, of England, which is where the Pilgrims you know you know took off from, but. Because but that of queen. the yeah, since the queen had had passed, there was issues with getting enough fuel on on the ship to make the transatlantic. So they had to make like the night before they made the change and said that we were going to be going to Portland, England instead of Plymouth. Um, we didn't have any excursions assigned, I don't believe, for that. So and if you do, they would just refund your money completely. But then you had to scramble if you really wanted to actually do an excursion in Plymouth to. Are, uh, I'm sorry, in Portland to try to find something, but we weren't going, we were just going to get off the ship and kind of walk, uh, walk the streets and get a little, you know, something to eat anyway. So it wasn't so as big of a deal. Our friends us. that we've talked about, they are actually from England. And so they, uh, were going to, our whole intention when we were in going to Plymouth was they were just going to show us around. We we're going to rent a car and they were going to show us all over. Mm -hmm. Well, since we had to move the stop, the, it was like the same County that they actually lived in. She's like, we left this country went to another country and came right back home. But it was great because they were familiar with the area. We went to the North Fort, which was a great fort um, throughout the history of England. Um, but we got to see a lot of World War II information. They had costumes for me to try on. They had flags that you could play. I'm a hands-on kind of person, but they had all kinds of stuff there. And then we toured, because uh, we, we uh, toured Weymouth. Yeah, oh, the, yeah. Went down, so we went down to the town after we went to the, uh, the fort. Uh, just kind of walk the, the streets, you know, there's a couple of pubs, there's a fish and chip stand. So we ended up just getting, uh, having a couple of pints and then made it back over the fish and chip stand, had some fish and chips and maybe a couple more pints. And then, uh, we just, uh, then we went, just went back to the ship. So, but it was just a nice day. It was a beautiful day out. Oh, so, beautiful. you know, you just kind of wanted to be outside. There was and, a beach just, there that yeah. we wandered. Right. We, that's right. We did wander on like the beach. And, very, like a small version of Coney Island kind of, I feel. They had like ponies and other donkeys that you could ride on the beach. And uh, I had Pims for the first time. That uh, was something I wanted to do. But we went to the Black Dog and had some pints and we went to Bennett Fish and Chips and it was delicious. So a great day with great friends and we were very, very fortunate to do that. Uh, then we got back on the ship and we had another night and then we went to Brian's did a wonderful job. This was all Brian all the time. And this was a wonderful excursion that I had nothing to do with and was so thankful that he put it together. Well, and this was in Vigo, Spain. We were a company, kind of an excursion company called, uh, I'm going to get this e right, E&W e Destinations. And uh, I was just looking at some of the things they had to offer. And one of them was kind of a walking, eating, uh, drinking kind of tour of just uh, Vigo, Spain. Because now in this case, the downtown area was right off the port. You walked basically two minutes away from the ship and you're in the heart of, of the downtown area. So um, 
I looked and they had just like kind of like a four hour excursion with a, 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 a your own private tour guide that you just kind of walked around and I got in contact with them and I think originally the tours were set up for like 10 to 12 people. I contacted them and uh, the timing didn't work out with when, you know, when we got in and had to, you know, be back at the ship and just asked if there's, they offered any private tours and they said, yes, most definitely. So, uh, he just set it up for just me and Erica and, and, and with the, basically the owner of the, of the company, uh, his name was Sean O'Rourke, who, who was a, uh, uh, I believe he was, his parents were from Scotland originally. They moved to Vancouver. Uh, he was born then in Vancouver and raised in Vancouver for some 20 years, I believe, but then found a, 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 a girl uh, from back in Vigo and uh, he moved to Vigo with her. Uh, they've established a family and a residence there. And I think he's been in Vigo, Spain now for almost 20 years. So he's got he's that. Fluent in he's Spanish. fluent in Spanish, but he's got a, uh, when he talks in English, he's got that, uh, kind of Scottish accent that I'm sure he picked up from his, his folks. Uh, and maybe a little, a little Canadian twang too, but, uh, no, it was great because he knew the area. He had been doing this trip for, I don't know, four or five years, I think. And, uh, so he took us around the town, had all kinds of history to tell us. There wasn't really a time where he wasn't explaining something to and, us. But it wasn't too much. Like, no. it wasn't, you weren't bored with it because he's interested and he's a very charismatic person. Right. And uh, we got we got to understand a bit about the, the city, where it, its roots came from, where it is now. Um, and what I liked is whenever he, what he did was it's the first place that we, the first stop that we took was the furthest away. And so then, and it was and it's a it's a It's a hilly, you know, it's an old school kind of port that, you know, it, you know, you know, you know, drained down to the port. So he had us walk basically all the way up to the highest point to start with. And then the rest of the time, it was just slowly, you know, moving downhill. So, I mean, he understands, you know, what, you know, how to, you know, get people through, you know, and he, uh, with the first stop was at oh, one of the, the local ma markets. So he went to the local kind of farmer's market, if you will. And they've got, you know, fresh seafood in here and they got all the fresh the octopus vegetables. Was still moving. It was just amazing. Just all of the, the, the bounty of, you know, just things from the sea, all the seafood that they had that were coming out of those waters. Uh, and then all the different strange kind of um, vegetables that they had there. And then they even had a bakery, a couple bakeries on oh, site. Yeah. And they they made the this like have a nice flavored almost, you might call it a donut hole back in the States, but it had an anise flavored. It was more of a savory flavor to it. And he had us keep a couple. He bought us a, a kind of a bag full of them, and we tried them. But he had us keep a couple beside because we were going to get some red wine later on in the day. And he said it's it's common practice in that part of the of the uh, the country to dip it into the red wine. You know, almost as like what we do in the states with coffee and donuts. But they're using red wine and these kind of anise flavored uh, uh, pastries. What I liked was when we went to the market, and it was this brand new kind of farmer's market, um, uh, fisherman's market, was the interactions that he had with the, the people that worked there. Um, mm -hmm. One of the women said that he's the only tour guide that comes in with people. And so it was very nice to see that he appreciates the, the food and the hard work from the people that are there. And then he took us from there down to that wonderful wine and cheese shop. Yeah, it was just, uh, just kind of a mom and pop run by a, a couple uh, probably... Oh gosh, it probably was the size of our bathroom, basically yeah. the uh, the shop. But they had all like local olive oils, local wines, local cheeses, sardines. sardines. You know, stuff that just you know like kind of like just local proprietors of of items. So we sat there, and uh, I think we ended up having two bottles of, of wine mm -hmm. between the three of us, and 
Uh, they had a, a crab pate that they that we were able to have. We had uh, like three of the local cheeses to try with it. Um, the way that the, they, this one company did these cheeses is they named the cheese after the cow that gave yeah. me the cheese. And so me and Marceline were like right there. She was delicious and Brian did not care for her. Oh, was, no, it was, I like gorgonzola, but this was beyond that. It was, uh, it was really stinky. But they taught us how to drink wine in the traditional Spanish method. Yeah. So they traditionally there, you know, well back in the day, they didn't have glassware and stuff. So they actually had ceramic pottery, just almost a small little ceramic, you know, um, sipping cup, if you will. No, it has no handles or anything on it. So you basically pick it up with your thumb kind of inside of the, of the ceramic cup, and then you drink it from there. So that's how it was served to us. And that's how we drank it just in the traditional manner. So it was, it was pretty neat. Looking back, I wish I would have uh, bought a set from of that. Um, but from after that, cause they did sell that there. After that, we did go down and had paella. Yes, yes. So authentic, you know, and he, so we basically stopped at three places, and he had it set up with the proprietors. To he purchased the items. You know, it was included in the. Uh, I believe it was two hundred dollars a person or two hundred euro a person for the for the excursion, um, and it included all the, the the tastings that we had. So yeah, we went and had paella, and he had moved a couple different places because this one place wasn't quite as good as it once was. So he found another local proprietor that made the paella, made it fresh, he actually used the uh, saffron, you know, um, in it and that just yellow food coloring. So he had, he had it set up, you know, you know, tells the chef the day before, you know, when they're going to be there and how many folks so that it's, it's been made. Cause it takes, you know, probably an hour to prepare and we showed up and it was ready for us. And then again, two more bottles of wine, had the paella and we all three just sat there and ate and it was great because we were also able to just kind of talk about Sean, hear about his history and, 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 you know, kind of where, he, how he got to where he is today and, and just the company that he was trying. We'll, we'll include a, a link Absolutely. in this uh, podcast of his company because he's, he's transitioning more. He was a travel agent, but he's kind of transitioning more into these experience food, like foodie type experiences where he was, you know, you know, visiting the wine country there in Spain and Barcelona. And, and then there was like, there's actually here in Vigo, there's a couple of islands just off the coast that he can design, you know, day trips with sailboat and all the food because you, you take everything with you when you go over to this, these islands and he'll bring everything with him and we'll basically cook on the beach and have the whole day on the beach and want food and wine and then bring you back. So it sounded, I mean, I'm, I'm ready to go back to Vigo just to, to hook up with Sean again and, and try another one of his, uh, his, his uh, you know, itineraries. The last place we went to, uh, we, he taught us that most restaurants, uh, most, um, you know, the bars, the bars there, yeah. they have a coffee liqueur, their right. own specialty. They all make their own coffee liqueur. And so we went and had um, the special, and I can't remember what saint it's named after. There's a special cake. And um, almond cake. It's a special right. almond yeah. cake. And as, as after it has a, they have a powdered sugar cross on it. Um, and so we ate that with um, the coffee liqueur and just sat there and overlooked the, the bay. And it was. And that was, was our last excursion. So it was right back down to the basically at port level again. And we sat outside and out. And all these. Uh, well, the, the two, the two, the three spots were just an outdoor, you know, patio basically, right. you know, um, cause again, it was another beautiful day and we just ate outside so that it was, it was great. And then, you know, he walks us right back to the, to the, the port, to the ship and, um, you know, we're, you're back there. So it's great 
it's because that was not through Disney. Mm -hmm. I found that s separately, but because the town was so close to the ship, we could see the ship basically at any point. So if there was ever an issue, you could walk back to the ship within and be there within 15 or 20 minutes. Absolutely. If need be. So we would absolutely do that again. Mm -hmm. um, and we recommend him to everyone because he was just absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. Our last excursion, our last day at sea, our last um, port stop was in Bermuda. And this was after, uh, I believe, what, six days? Five or six right. days? Right. And then we went on Then you had five ship. days, I believe, at sea. And then we hit Bermuda, and then we only had one day before we went to New York. So we hit to Bermuda um, in the morning, and um, well, why don't you tell sure. us what we did? So what we did was we made it our beach day. You know, you're on a cruise, you tend to want to go on a beach somewhere. Uh, this cruise did not go to Castaway Key, so uh, what all we did was we went to Horseshoe Bay, um, or Horseshoe Bay Beach, I think is what it's called. And we did it through Disney, but you don't have to. Um, you just hop on a bus. You can also just take a cab there. Um, when you get there, you get in line. They can take cash. Um, that's what uh, to get your um, beach you chairs. You want to have a beach chair and umbrella. An umbrella. Yeah. Redhead, I'm going to get an umbrella. Yeah. Um, but uh, then we just kind of sat there, and um, we brought our own beer. We brought it from the boat. Um, yeah, you can get you know you can get a cooler bag right off the boat. You can purchase it for like twenty bucks or something from Disney. You can have it filled with uh, aluminum bottles of of your you know beer of choice. You can get aluminum uh, water you know bottles as well. They'll fill it with ice for you, and it works just great because then you don't have to. You're not you know even though you might be able to find it cheaper on the on the beach, you've got to find somebody that's selling it, and then you've got to have the cash on you. And we just like the idea of being able to bring it with us. And then you can pack some other things in it too. Like if you wanted to bring some sandwiches or something, you could do that. You know, if you had sandwiches made up the day before uh, from uh, from one of the the cruise ships. Um, and but our, our my pro tip would be to try to take the earliest excursion you can to go if you're you're going to do that. Uh, go to uh, the beach there in Bermuda because. When we arrived, we had to stand in line for almost a half hour to be able to pay to get, you know, our umbrellas and our chairs because there's just so many people already there. It was not a fit. We were on Bermuda time. So if you were to show up first thing before the rest of the crowd start coming in, I think you would be able to find, get your beach set up and be able to be there a little bit longer. Because we lost, like I said, a, probably a good half hour, 45 minutes of our beach time because we were trying to to get a, a chair and umbrella set up. They do have a bathhouse there where you can, so we were able to change out of our beach yeah. wear um, and take a quick shower before we reboarded the bus and then went back. Now, um, the cruise that we're gonna go on this fall is going to have an overnight in Bermuda. So we are debating we're gonna take the kids. So we may go back to the beach, but there's also a lot of great activities just right there at the port. Well, like, I don't think we knew that. Yeah, no. right on the port. Like, you know, so if you don't wanna have to ride, cause it was about, an hour long, maybe a 45 minute long bus ride to get to the, the, uh, what was the name of the beach again? Horseshoe, Horseshoe Bay beach. Um, it was nice because you got to kind of get a lay of, of the, of the island and kind of see some of the local stuff, but, but you also, you know, are wasting time in the bus. He's so efficient. There's plenty of stuff to do right off of the ship there in Bermuda that you can actually, you know, walk in from. You yeah. Know? Um, I think that they were even actually providing a shuttle bus from the, from the, the cruise ship into the town there or into the, the port. And there was, I think, a dolphin ex experience. There was an indoor like mini putt place. There was tons of restaurants and bars and shopping that if you just wanted to kind of, you know, stay close to the ship, you could 
keep you know keep yourself busy easily for a couple three four hours and you wouldn't have to book those directly through disney so you might right. be able to save some bucks right. um doing that so that is the excursions that we took on our on our 12 night transatlantic we have one more podcast that we're going to be doing in the series upcoming that will talk about how do you spend 12 nights on a ship and not go crazy right. and stay married so right. um we're, we look forward to that but yes all of the show notes are going to include um links to um to sean group and um, some of the bars that we went to in Weymouth and just some other things about the trip so that we can um, educate you so that you guys can have a great trip too. All right. Good to see, see you. Later. Thanks. Bye. -bye. Bye.